Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at Church in the Valley. And this is week seven of our eight part series that we've been calling Behind Enemy Lies, where we've been looking at some different lies that the enemy tries to tell us to stop us from making real progress in life. This week, my nephew Zach is in town, and okay, his parents are here too, but he's a baby, and once you have kids, you realize you're no longer the main event when you come into town. So my nephew Zach is in town, and so we uh, did a, a family beach trip for his first beach day. So here's a picture of Zach at the beach, and... That's kind of where I want to be, away from the sand, just nice and cozy. My attitude toward beach days is usually kind of dread, um, and really I just think this isn't going to be worth it. Uh, I, I, I battle some of the enemy lies that we've been talking about, and so I'm going to use our beach trip to just recap our series and let you know, just a little, get a little glimpse into my mind. Um, it's too hard. Uh, that's one of the lies we've looked at. All the work to go to the beach. It's too hard. We have four kids, and it's like we're going on vacation with all the stuff we pack up. And then I'm too tired. Then you get there, and you have to take all the stuff you packed and, and go across. It feels like the desert to get to the right spot by the water. And then it's not what I want. Sunscreen, not a fan of sunscreen. I do not like, I just feel gross with sunscreen on me. And then you get wet in the water and it's fun. And then you get out and you just got sand everywhere. Not fun. And then we also looked at it's not fair and I'm the only one. I couldn't figure out how to recap that into my beach day. But that's my general attitude to when I go to the beach. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this, this is just not going to be worth it. But then I go there and there's something about being at the beach. You, you feel away from all that's going on in life, and, and it actually is worth it. And this relates some to what we're talking about this morning. It's the lie, it's not worth it. What is the it and it's not worth it? The it is really, it's God's way of doing things. I felt too tired this week. Um, I just got back from a trip uh, to Dubai. I got back on July 13th, and First half of the week, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I was ready to go. That was the middle of the day there. I was hungry because it was lunchtime or somewhere. I don't even know what time it was, but I was hungry and I was ready to go. And then I'd get to work and I'd feel good in the morning and then I'd just crash in the afternoon. I felt too tired to handle my responsibilities and what was going on. And then I also felt like this is not what I want because the day before we left to Dubai, Somebody stole some checks from the church, and there was fraud on her account, and so I had to deal with that when we, we got back, closing the account, talking to all our vendors to get, um, to get everything set up again, and it just was not what I want. I, I really just wanted to say it's not worth it and go to bed. That's, that's I, how I felt the first half of the week, at least, um, But what we find in the Bible is that God promises success when we live his way. And we've been looking at that in this series. And so we're going to take a look at at some verses this morning, um, Joshua 1, 6 and 7, that talk about this promise that God gives us. It says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. Now, keep that 
promise in mind, the inheriting, the land. We're going to come back to that in a bit. Um, but look at verse 7. It says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And so in this verse, what we see is that being strong, courageous, and careful to live life God's way is going to give success wherever you go. And yet these enemy lies, they, they come at us again and again, and it feels relentless sometimes, and it causes us to start to believe that all the effort to be careful to live life God's way isn't worth it. Are you feeling it's not worth it to live life God's way in any specific area right now? Maybe at work, you're, you're struggling, and you're you're giving your best effort, but the guy who only works hard when the boss is around just got promoted over you. You're working hard all the time. Or maybe you don't work yet. You're in school. I love this picture of the school, by the way. You're giving your best effort, and you're just, you, you can't get the grade that you're wanting. It's tempting to just want to slack off when things are more difficult than we think they should be. Or in, in marriage, maybe you're in a rough patch right now, and you just can't see how trust's going to be restored. And it feels too hard to work through the problems that you're facing. It's discouraging. Or in parenting, maybe you're just at a stage of parenting where it's just not very fun. It's a lot of work. You feel too tired to stay on top of everything and keep trying to train your children. It's hard to be careful to obey God's commands when we're feeling that way. Or with your, your health, maybe you're just experiencing a decline in health or having some sickness that's popped up and feel like you're the only one who has to deal with the health problems that you're dealing with. When we feel this way, we're tempted to just throw up our hands and say it's not worth it and just try to live life on our own. But the truth that we see in the Bible is that God's way rewards those who seek him. And it's with this perspective on life and trusting that God's promises are true that we can battle against this thought that it's not worth it. And so we're going to take a look at some lessons from a group of people called the Israelites, and they had a stop at the desert of of sin. And we're going to take a look at some lessons that we can learn when they stopped um, in in this desert. We've been taking a look at different battles in this in this series um, to pull out different principles for how to fight the enemy lies that we're fighting. And so today we're going to look, it's not a battle, but it's, we're going to look at how God moved a group of people out of slavery and into uh, and on the way towards some land that he had promised them. So God used a man named Moses. I'm going to give you some background and then we'll get in to the story. God used a man named Moses uh, to speak to Pharaoh, who is the leader of Egyptians, and to tell him to let God's, let my people go, let the Israelites go, um, or there's going to be some different plagues that happen to you. And so uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and said, you're going to be overrun by frogs or um, unless you let the Israelites go. So here's a picture from the Bible app for kids. I, I like it. So that's why you're going to see more of those. Um, 
give you a little picture of what it looks like to be overrun by frogs. But Pharaoh didn't let the people go. Then the Egyptians were consumed by gnats and flies, and we know a little something about a lot of flies in our area. Um, been overrun by them a few times. Not quite like this. But Pharaoh continued to say, no. Then hail came and crushed the Egyptians' crops, and the locusts came up and ate the crops, and Pharaoh still said no. And more and more plagues happened until Pharaoh finally said, go, get out of here. And the Israelites start to go. But on their way towards freedom, Pharaoh changes his mind. And he sends, he sends his army after them. And the Israelites get to the edge of the Red Sea. There's nowhere to go. And the Egyptians are coming up behind them. And God tells Moses to raise his staff. And he raises his staff and God parts the Red Sea and they walk on dry land. Just amazing. Amazing. After they get across... Uh, God tells Moses to put his staff down. He puts his staff down. The sea swallows up the Egyptian army, and they're safe now. So they travel through a place called Elam, and then they get to the desert of Sin. And they, they're in the desert, you, you see that they're starting to get hungry. So they're, they're dealing with the I'm too hungry enemy lie right now. But look what happens. Look what happens to them, what they start to do. In Exodus 16, 2 and 3. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, not long ago... God had led them to escape slavery. And now they're longing for the days back when they were slaves and they had warm food to eat. We can learn a lot about ourselves from the Israelites grumbling right here. They're struggling with it's not worth it. They're thinking it's not worth it. All this traveling and going through it. Now we're stuck here and we're not having food. It is not worth it to keep doing God's plan. And so we can look at this story now and think, okay, that's just crazy talk, right? They're, they're not slaves anymore. They're free. Why, why are they, they dealing with this? But when you're in the middle of circumstances that look bleak, we start to lose focus on what's really going on. And we start to feel that it's not worth it when we forget what God has done for us. They just crossed through the Red Sea. God was holding water back on each side so they can walk through dry land. And now they're complaining about food? Is not the same God who did that going to take care of them in their situation now? How many times are we like the Israelites? Maybe we ask God for a job. He provides one for us. We're so excited. And then it turns out to be work. Imagine that. And our bosses don't do the things that we think they should. And we feel like it's not worth it to keep getting up and going to work day in, day out. We're tempted to abandon doing life God's way. Our strength, our courage, carefulness to live life God's way, it starts to fade. We need to remember 
what God has done for us to lead us up to this point in life. That will help us to continue to live on God's path. Another way that we start to feel it's not worth it that we can learn here from the Israelites is that we focus on what we can see. It was probably a pretty bleak situation. for the, they're, they're out in the middle of the desert. There's no food source that they can see anywhere. It makes sense. They're worried. How are we going to eat? It's easy for us to do this in our life as well. We focus on the weaknesses in our marriage or our parenting or our relationships or on the job and our health. And we, we can't see how God's going to get us through whatever we're going through right now. The Israelites, they looked around. They couldn't see where the food was coming from, but God had a plan. Take a look at Exodus 16, 11 and 12. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God was working it out to feed them. He sent quail at twilight so that they would have meat to eat. And then in the morning, after the dew would, would rise from the ground, there would be little breads left for the people. Manna. And they'd gather as much as they needed for that day. And then God would provide for them again the next day. It's easy for us to get focused on what we can see. And lose sight that we need to turn to God and ask for his help in the middle of the situation when it's something that um, we, we just don't see how it's going to work out for us. And one other lesson that we can learn from the Israelites in their stop here in the desert of sin is that it's not worth it when we forget what God has promised to do for us. When the Israelites were complaining about the food and longing to go back to slavery, they forgot that God had some land promised to them. A land that was described as flowing with milk and honey. And we have promises to look forward to as well. And it's as we hold on to these promises and take steps towards them that we can defeat the lie, it's not worth it. It takes faith to hold on to the promises of God and faith to trust God that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And that comes from a relationship with God. And whenever a group this size gets together, you know, usually some people have made Jesus the boss of their life. They have a relationship with God and others haven't. And wherever you're at this morning, really glad that you're here with us. Um, and we're going to take a look at what it means to have a relationship with God, what it means to start a relationship with God. And trusting in God's promises starts with making Jesus my Lord. There's an additional handout in your program that I'd like to, you can pull out and follow along in this next uh, section here. I'd like to go through it with you. Um, there, there's an acrostic we're going to go through, Lord, um, it has some, some verses uh, that are referenced with it, um, and on the handout, there's a spot for a place you can draw a picture. Um, I want to encourage you not to try to draw the picture right now. We're going to go through it too fast, 
But if you would like the pictures that you see, just write on the back of your connection card, Lord Pictures, and we'll, I'll, I'll send them to you. Uh, make sure your email address is on there. Um, but the acrostic explains how you become a follower of Christ and have the faith to trust in God's promises. So let's, let's take a look at this. Um, the L is for love. The Bible says that God loves you and wants you to experience abundant or real life. But rather than turning to God, every one of us began to sin. We started doing life our own way, going our own way away from God, trying to be our own boss. The result is our separation from God. The Bible says sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the life and freedom God desires for us, people are dead spiritually. We're cut off from God and actually in bondage to the enemy. But the D is destiny. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin and was raised from the dead. The Bible says that all people... Without Jesus are destined for hell. But those who repent, that's turn around and yield their life to Jesus as boss of their life, will become children of God and experience life and free, the freedom that God desires for them. This explanation for making Jesus the Lord of your life, it shows that we don't deserve any eternal reward in life. Our, what we deserve is life spent away from God in hell. But God didn't give up on us. He didn't leave us be and say, it's not worth it to restore my relationship with them, even though they've turned away from me. He sent his only son to live a perfect life and die a brutal death on the cross for our sins. And when we yield our life to follow Christ, we're saying we're going to live life God's way. And God in his kindness promises to reward those who seek him. Take a look at Hebrews 11.6 with me. It says, and without faith, and this word faith, this portion of the Bible was originally written in Greek. And the word faith there, it's an assurance or a guarantee. And so you can put your full weight into this. It's this faith, it's I know this is true. And so I am going to bank my life on it. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's talking about God there. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Again, God's way rewards those who seek him. It's simple to to say that. God's way rewards those who seek him. But it's, it's hard to put it into practice when push comes to shove. It's easy to forget what God has done for us to lead us up to the, the point we're at now or to focus on what we can see and not see what God is doing or just forget about the promises that God has for us. So I want to spend the rest of, of the morning going through just some of the promises that God has for us. We're not going to have time to, to look at how to live life God's way in all of those promises. Um, the, that would take a few sermons probably on each, each one of them. 
Um, but we're just going to take a look at some of the promises that God has for us as we try to, to live out life his way. Uh, the, the first is that God promises to reward those who seek him with meaningful work. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Those who make Jesus their, their boss, we get to, to work for God. What that does is it gives us a different perspective on our day-to-day work that we have to do. So when I was having to deal with the bank accounts this, this week, doesn't seem very spiritual thing to do, but I can work in such a way that I'm working for Christ in that. I'm working for my, my boss in that. So if you're a store manager, a teacher, a stay-at-home mom, an IT person, or whatever it may be, you can work as if you're working for God in those situations. So God gives us meaningful work. God also promises to reward those who seek him with unity in their marriage. Now, the concept for marriage that you get in the Bible is this, this beautiful picture of unity. It's... Um, in Mark 10, 7 through 9, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. What you see in the Bible is as two people try to play the roles that, that God intended for them, you, you get this picture of unity. We had a marriage workshop a couple months ago, and we called it Making Marriage Thrive. And Nathan Lewis laid out some relational principles uh, for building a marriage that reflects uh, the unity that God has designed for us. Here's a picture from one of the, the sheets from that workshop. And uh, we have some relational heart attitudes at Church in the Valley that we commit to relate to each other and to put the goals and interests of others above our own. Um, and other things. And so Nathan took those and he applied them towards marriage. This is a difficult list to pull off. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Um, to put the interests of each other above our own, to live an open and honest life, forgive each other when we mess up. But as we try to live life God's way and put these into practice, then there's a unity that can be found in marriages. God also has a promise towards parenting. His promise is that children will rise and call you blessed as you parent them God's way. In Proverbs 31, uh, there's a woman who fears the Lord is being described. And uh, fear of the Lord is taking God seriously enough to obey his commands, what we've been talking about this morning. And it says her children uh, rise up and call her blessed. Another way that God promises to reward those who, who seek him is through peace in uncertain health situations or just peace in any uncertain situation. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. I've talked in previous weeks uh, some about my wife's health, and uh, she has ulcerative colitis, and 
she was in the hospital two times within three weeks. And it's just been a, a months and months and months of ongoing health uh, issues with her. And it's just been a struggle, a struggle to fight, to feel like it's still worth it to keep going and, and push through. I just wanted some days just crawl under the bed and put the covers over my head and just sleep it off. But that doesn't really work when you got four kids and work to go to. So um, it's just been a fight, a struggle, a battle. And this verse, God has used this verse to encourage me during this time. When I start to focus only on what I can see, when I lose sight of remembering how God's taken care of us up to this point, God helps me to remember his promise that he will take care of us. He's not going to rip us off in the middle of whatever we're going through. God's way rewards those who seek him. It doesn't mean that it's the easy way and everything's just going to fall into place. That would be nice, but that's not reality. Life isn't easy. And living life God's way, it feels unnatural a lot of the time. Because we're so used to trusting in ourselves instead of God. But as we remember what God has done for us in the past, as we hold on to his promises, we can experience the reward that he gives to those who seek him. And we can see clearly how it really is worth it to keep pressing on and to do life his way. As the band comes up, um, I'd like to suggest some next steps in response to the, the message today. Um, each week we do some next steps just as a way to encourage people to apply uh, the message into their daily lives. And uh, the first next step I want to encourage you, if you haven't made Jesus the boss of your life, the Lord of your life, I encourage you to do that. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. And start to have that relationship where you can you can have just an unshakable trust that God's going to take care of you and that he's going to come through uh, for you. Another next step might be to memorize Hebrews 11.6. Just encourage you. And, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For, forever, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Memorize that just as a way to remember. I need to seek God and He's gonna, He's gonna come through for me. And then the last next step you might want to take in response to the message today is to hold on to what God has promised me with fill in the blank. Is there an area of life where you're feeling it's not, it's not worth it right now? And you need to find God's promise and hold on to it in that area. Fill in the blank, write that in, right there. Let's pray. God, we just thank you uh, so much that you, you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins and so that we could have a relationship with you. And beyond that, that you give us a roadmap for life and, and how to live life in a way that is going to work out best for us. I just pray that you would show each of us steps to take towards you uh, this week towards your promises, and that you would help us all to experience the reward of of living a life um, on your path. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.